my life circumstances are not my life sentence. So whatever it is that I'm living in the moment, it is momentary. Welcome to the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. I'm your host, Marie Wold, business mentor, social media and sales expert, and lifestyle entrepreneur committed to educating and empowering women to build the lives and businesses of their dreams. Each week, my guests and I are proving that with hard work and the right mindset, absolutely anything is possible. We are here to bring you not just inspiration, but also actionable takeaways that you can use to create a life you love right now. We are also talking all things entrepreneurship and personal development, including wellness, social media, confidence, sales, business strategy, mindset, wealth building, and so much more. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's jump into today's episode. This episode is made possible by Online Coach Kickstart, my industry-leading group mentorship program for beginner and aspiring online coaches. After many years in the online coaching space myself, I've put all of the must-know strategies and frameworks in one place so you can kickstart your business with clarity and confidence. OCK is the proven blueprint for starting your online coaching business and scaling all the way to consistent 5K months and beyond. We combine an actionable strategic curriculum with an incredible support system of mentors and peers who get it. And as my OCK student, you'll get my exact roadmap to success so you can attract dream clients and work with people you love, create scroll-stopping content and grow your social media following full of ideal clients, master the art of selling without being salesy, nobody has time for that, and build a thriving, sustainable business doing what you love. You can apply now or learn more at Online Coach kickstart.com. Again, it's onlinecoachkickstart.com and I hope to see you inside. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Grinding Be Grateful podcast. I am thrilled to have today's guest on the show. With me is Allison Bird. And if you haven't met her before, you're welcome for the intro because she is absolutely incredible. Allison is also known as the Profit Accelerator, and she is celebrated as one of the world's most trusted leadership advisors and sales experts for entrepreneurs and small business owners. Today, her and her team executive produce exclusive virtual membership communities for influencers influencers with online audiences with over 1 million in reach, and Allison's clients generate a collective 33 million plus in sales revenue annually. She is the real deal, and her and her team have coached 7,500 entrepreneurial leaders to create over $260 million in new revenue over the past nine years. She has the receipts to back all of her awesomeness up, and she has also been featured in press like CNN, USA Today, NPR, Forbes. Yahoo Finance, Business Insider, and more. And in this episode, Allison's going to drop some incredible money mindset, business, and personal development wisdom. And I cannot wait for you to hear her incredible story as well. So welcome to the show, Allison. Hey, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm so excited for this conversation. And we have a bunch of just amazing topics on the table. But before we dive in, you have a really incredible story and are a master of so many things. So I just want to know, and we could really spend the whole episode talking about your story, but can you just give our listeners a quick background on who you are, what you do, and why you do what you do, most importantly? (laughs) I love how you say, can you give it like super quick, right? I know it's so hard. Your story is so amazing. But I also like I feel like we could have a five part series of Allison. (laughs) I love it. So 
I think that the piece, I don't think I know this actually. What I know is that people are astonished when they look at my life. And they're astonished not because I'm black, not because I'm female, you know, where the world would say, wow, you're, you know, you're a black single female that's really made an incredible name and track record of success for yourself. But that's not the thing that really magnetizes people. What magnetizes people is, I believe, they see, Allison, I see you on Amazon Prime. I see the interview with the Washington Post or USA Today. I listened to what you did with NPR. You've worked with you know, almost 10,000 leaders. You all have generated millions on millions on millions of dollars in my own companies with my clients through coaching, training, you know, online universities, live events when we used to do them, all the things. And how did you do that when I'm still trying to figure out how to chew gum and walk at the same time? <laughs> right? <laughs> and what I understand is that for majority of people, their world is made up by their circumstances. And I made a decision at a young age that I have to repeat daily, which is that my life circumstances are not my life sentence. So whatever it is that I'm living in the moment, it is momentary. And if I love it, I manifested it. If I don't love it, I manifested it. And the responsibility of that and the universal reciprocity that I operate in is what's afforded me to get to where I am today. And so there are critical lessons that I've learned to become this individual that, you know, with all the roles and titles that I lead today, I'm a fractional CEO for a 10-figure business out of Houston, Texas. I just sold my tech company. I have extraordinary success with building masterminds, which we don't do anymore. So before anyone knocks on my door like, hey, I want to be in a mastermind or hey, I want to do something with you. You know, I stopped coaching and uh, I do very limited consulting going forward. And what happened for me were three very specific things. And I want anyone that's listening to either make a mental note or to write this down. In my opinion, I would say write this down because note takers are truly money makers. And I, there were three things that I looked at. Number one, I identified that there are billionaires, there are millionaires, and there are witnesses. And so you get to decide what you're going to be, a billionaire, a millionaire, or a witness. So my first lesson was that I was going to be a statistic regardless. The average net worth for a Black woman in America today, present day, is $5. So I was going to be a statistic that was either fully empowered in who I am, why I am, what I came to be. And when divinity said, let there be Allison Octavia Bird, what was on the other side of that, I could decide what I wanted to fill that with. And when my parents handed me life, my dad was in prison. 
My mom was a single mom working three jobs. And so the life that they handed me had a whole bunch of love, but a very minimal amount of provision. And it certainly wasn't set up for extraordinary success that I dwell in today. So a distinction for me was I looked at, did I want to be a witness to the successful people in society or did I want to be a successful person in society? The second thing that I identified is that majority of people are always in relationship with their failures, their empty pockets, and their broken hearts. And they always want to persuade you Like, man, you know, stuff like that is hard, man. You know, that stuff is hard to get it off the ground. And before you know it, you'll start going, yeah, it is. And you'll start being in agreement. Failure is the thing. You'll be in agreement that being broke and broken makes you relatable and makes you a good human. You'll start having conversations like, oh, yes, so-and-so broke my heart, my partner, my my husband betrayed me, my wife left me or whatever. And you'll find the collective of misery. Right. It's that sense of belonging, not for a good reason, but it it exists and we crave that. And that's the exact second lesson, which is our highest human need is to belong. And you better make sure that whatever tribe you become a part of It's the tribe that's ascending to the levels that you desire. You know, it's really, really, really important to look at who's around you, who's influencing you, and how can you create disruption? So the third thing that I think got me from where I was to where I am today and will continue to support me to grow and do great and bigger things in the world is that I would not allow distraction disputes and inspiration to slow me down. And what I mean by that is I put myself in a bubble, I eliminated distraction and I continue to do that. Dispute, I do not argue with anyone. If they're in their limitation, I let them win and I back away because limitation is contagious. And then the third part to that inspiration, Allison, how can you say inspiration is bad? I found myself always craving to be inspired instead of clear, inspired instead of execution driven, inspired in lieu of holding a vision and maintaining it regardless of what was happening to me and knowing that things only happen to me to move through me. So those are the things that I've worked through over the last 20 plus years to allow myself to do more, be more, and create more. And that's what I know people are drawn to, which is that sense of awareness, personal power, and really being grounded in the authenticity of who I be and unapologetic in it, not with disregard to others, but understanding that borrowing mindsets that were amalgamated by the cult of average do nothing for me. That the only way we can we can really be in a new world order is if we break away from groupthink and start being more true to ourselves, and then from that allow that overflow to touch, move, inspire, and impact the world. 
Mm, amen. Like, I feel like this is spoken word and I should be snapping because all of that was so good. <laughs> and I know this is not video for you guys, but it's video for Allison and I, and I've been nodding. Like, my neck is going to be sore tomorrow because all of this is so, so good and so powerful. And I think I totally agree that what really comes across whenever I am like in your energy or hearing you speak or seeing you in like influencers impacting injustice or anything like you're you lead with that boldness and that clarity and that intention behind whatever you're doing and I that is that to me feels even more powerful and important than like all of the accolades that you have and like all of the results that you've created like your energy and your clarity is incredible and i i can definitely tell it's obvious to anyone that you have done so much work around that Mm, thank you for that i received that thank you yeah yeah so how would you say i'm sure you haven't always felt super clear on what's important to you and who you want to be how you want to be so what would be a recommendation or a starting place for someone who's like wow allison really like knows who she is and knows what she wants and i know i want an above average life that's why they listen to this podcast but i'm not sure what that looks like or like who that looks like for me yeah i would say that you can never learn when your mouth is open So find an environment where your silence is worthy. Because I believe that all of our voices have the right to be heard, but should we be speaking all the time? That's a relevant question to ask yourself. And so I find that when I go sit in a room with a Bob Proctor, when I sit in a room with a Neil Donald Walsh, when I sit in a room with an Oprah Winfrey, when I sit in a room with an Ava DuVernay, if I had the opportunity to sit in a room with a Kamala Harris, I can't imagine that I have a lot to say, but I have a lot to hear. So to me, I suggest finding rooms where your voice is less necessary because your ears are the priority in that space. And so that looks like mentorship, It looks like coaching and guidance. It looks like facilitated trainings. And then it looks like masterminds with colleagues and peers. And if you can anchor in in those four areas and then parallel to that, be heard inside of your therapist's office, be heard inside of doing sound baths and sound bath retreats, things that allow you to channel the most powerful iteration of your voice in its present state, then you will identify how your communication patterns can be disrupted when the influence over what you hear begins to shift what you believe. And because what you believe expands, what you speak begins to be activated in your life and you start to see the truest manifestations of what you desire. Because wherever you are in life, your mind got there first. So the first thing that you want to do is get all the goodness that can possibly be there impacting your thinking. Because what will stop us from pursuing any league of greatness is our stinking thinking. And the average human brain has tens of thousands of thoughts in a day. And they are not only pre-programmed toward negative, but they are also wired to not tell us the truth about ourselves or about those we're in relationship with. 
So those are the four areas that I would say find influencers over your thought so that then your thought begins to change what you speak. What you speak begins to impact how you behave. How you behave begins to shift your environment, your culture, and what you inevitably live. Yeah, I think your environment of who you surround yourself with and the content that you're taking in and the beliefs that you're surrounding yourself with are so, so key. And I kind of hear two different schools of thought with this. I hear people say that, you know, you've been conditioned this way for decades, probably, right? You said the cult of the average has been conditioning you for probably decades. And now you want to make a change. Some people say it's going to take a long time because you've been conditioned this way for a long time. And some people say that that paradigm shift can happen in an instant. So are you team one side or the other? How do you see that change or that like metamorphosis unfolding for either you or the people you work with? Well, I'll give an example just from yesterday. I had a frustrating experience with someone that I deeply love. And what I know is that whatever thought you think has thought babies. (laughs) So the moment that I have a thought that says I am healthy, I am wealthy, then there are thought babies that come with that that say, I am worthy, I am necessary. And then there are thought babies that come with that that say, I'm relevant, I'm powerful, right? So the thought babies just keep on producing goodness. Well, I also know that if I have a frustrating thought and that thought is, you know, I'm disrespected, I'm I'm taken advantage of, well, then there's a thought baby that comes from that. This is why you can't do X with family. This is why you should be by yourself. This is why like those thought babies happen. And I don't believe that we can stop those thought babies because we're human. So what I always tell every client that I work with, because their mindset and their mentality challenges don't go away just because they're elite at what they do, elite in business, elite in music, elite in athleticism. It doesn't go away. What they're able to do is mitigate the risk of downfall quicker, sooner, and faster. So I always like to like to say, well, identify. When you have a thought, how long does it take you to maintain a stream of good thought? Well, I have good thought for 90 seconds, then I get pissed again. Okay, that's okay, great. So you do that for 90 seconds. Now let's see if we can go for two minutes. Well, no, I failed at two minutes. Okay, let's infuse a tool. What if you had an app? that allowed you to do a one minute or two minute meditation? Does a tool help? Would it help you to download a thought record process and be able to track your thought records? Would it help to do something like Byron Katie's The Work? Would that make a difference? So those are three unique tools that I just mentioned. And what we often try to do is make ourselves strong with only ourselves. But We are ourselves comprised of all the resources that we've known. So what got us here won't take us there. So you always have to have a point of disruption external of you in order to guide you to a point of breakthrough that is within you. Yeah, I think that's so important. A lot of people feel like, 
I should know how to think better thoughts. I should know how to be positive. I should know how to be more motivated. You know, whatever people identify what the issue is or whatever label they put on it, I should know how to do that. Like, I don't get what my problem is, but we are going against all of the resources, like you said, we've taken in. We're going against all of the conditioning that we've already experienced. And it's going to take external, like you said, external disruption to like break that pattern and create something new. So do you think that it's all just a sum of those small daily decisions? Or have you ever experienced a time where you're like, oh, this just clicked and like, I'm a new human from this moment forward? Obviously, you don't totally make over your entire belief system in a second. But have you had those like big shifts where you've had almost like a wake up call like that? I've had many big shifts. But what the big shifts did for me is they gave me permission. They gave me permission to stay the course, right? And and to live in miracle consciousness. They gave me permission to, for that. And I think many of us as humans want our lives radically transformed and we want it done within a second. And the truth of the matter is, your life radically transforms when your thinking does. Marianne Williamson says, a miracle is a shift in perception. And whether you believe in the Bible or not, one of the things that I love about the teachings of Jesus is whenever Jesus would go do a miracle, they would tell him, oh my God, there's this mega problem. And he would always say to them, well, what do you think about it? And they look at him like, dude, bruh, like. Clearly it's a problem. Clearly it's a problem. And you should be running right now. You are the Christ and you can heal. And you want to stop and ask me what I think. And the way that I interpret that behavior of Christ, whether you believe Christ truly existed or Christ is a character that comes to teach us. However you acknowledge and have relationship with that, here's what I'll peel apart for you through my breakdown of it all, which is Jesus was saying, well, tell me what you've been saying about it. Tell me what you've been speaking over the situation. Right. What's the story that you're telling right now? What's the story that you're telling yourself? Because whatever you've been fortifying with your thoughts with your language, with your behaviors, how you've been rallying people, you know, uh, girl, you know, we broke, we, you broke, I'm broke too. We ain't got no money. We ain't got no, we ain't happy. We like, so that, is that the story you've been telling? Yes. That's the story I've been telling. Well, then the first thing that I've got to do is get you to tell a different story because if I go and miraculously, let's just say snap my fingers and it changes as quickly as I change it, you will change it back. Because your thinking is what's impacting what you're living. You see, so that's the piece. Again, I'll say it again. Wherever you are in life, your mind got you there first. And people could say, well, Allison, I was raised in the south side of Chicago. And I never got out. I was raised in the barrios of New York. And I never got out. And where would I have gotten that opportunity? Well, I guarantee you at some point, somebody brought you a paradigm shift and you either placated to the culture or you placated to someone 
that says they love you. And that person through their lens of love kept you staying safe, same and small. And as a result, you are living more losses than you are rising into greater lessons. And that's a breakdown that impacts a lot of us until it doesn't anymore. You know, so those are, those are all dialogues of awareness that allow everyone that's listening to no longer capitulate to, I must be what others have handed me is acceptable. Give that up. Let that go. Break that habit, you know, and establish new baselines for your greatness, new baselines for your contribution, new baselines for opportunities for you in in career or entrepreneurship or go beyond the status quo as you've known it and allow your conviction to be your leader, not your convenience, because success does not hunt you down. But it definitely does stand still. I will tell you that success is unmovable. It is un, uh, like literally abounding and it is abundant. And so it is always available. It's just a matter of will you walk up to it or will you be intimidated by it? Will you shrink away from it or will you engage in relationship and identify how wonderful of a teacher it is for your life and yeah, that's that's my thought process on that. I think you just covered so many different things. <laughs> I love that at the beginning of that, we we really established that like changing your beliefs, changing your thoughts and like writing a new narrative for yourself. These powerful shifts can happen quickly, but also like a total remodel of your belief system is not like an Amazon Prime situation. Like it's going to take effort. It's going to take work. You can't just click like the upgrade now button. It's going to take like conscious and intentional effort on a daily basis. And I'm sure it's even though you've been doing this work for so long, it's something that you still probably catch yourself like telling a story or following a thought pattern that's not serving you anymore. So is that something that you do deal with? I don't want to put words in your mouth, but I just assume I, I don't see that ever going away for me, but I see myself getting better at bouncing back faster. Yeah, well, I identified early on that mediocrity is a habit. And it's a habit that gets perpetuated through the cultures that we're in. So the only way that you can start breaking those paradigms, and when we use that word paradigm, for someone who may not know what that means, it's an active collection of thoughts. So it's thoughts that you think that are activated, meaning you are actively thinking them today. And in order to shift those paradigms, you have to shift who you're around because your failure is calming to the average individual. And you may go calming. It's reassuring. It's reassuring to, and it's not triggering. Yeah, it's not triggering. People are like, oh, great. We're all going to work every day, doing a nine to five, waiting for our traditional pay increases, getting our semi-annual reviews. And am I bashing a job or a career? I am not. not. Do I think everyone is an entrepreneur? I do not. But do I think that while you're working that nine to five, inside of you, 
could be a bestseller, I do. Inside of you could be a nonprofit that you run and establish parallel to your corporate career, I absolutely do. Do I think there's an after-school program in you, an art program? Do I think that there's a next music hit inside of you? Do I think that there's talent that you could do throughout your community, throughout your region, throughout your, you know, wherever you live? I absolutely believe there's more inside of you. And so you've got to be cautious of the seduction of sameness and not surrendering to that because I feel that the world is very uncomfortable around people, specifically women, who do not hate themselves. And because of that, those of us that don't hate ourselves often find ourselves trying to hide our shine so that others around us will not feel uncomfortable. That's a disservice to us. And that's a disservice to them. And I believe that as of today, that is a radical shift that you no longer have to stay in. Yeah. That's something that I talk about a lot is like, you don't need permission from anyone else to pursue your goals. And in fact, once you start pursuing them, you'll get less and less (laughs) permission to continue because breaking the mold and like doing what other people don't understand will trigger them and will make them kind of, I think whether it's consciously or subconsciously reflect on the fact that like they are in that sameness and in that safety and they're not pursuing the things that might be more in line with their, their true potentially their true calling or however you want to frame that. Would you agree? I agree with you wholeheartedly. And what I was thinking about was what's the ripple, right? When we allow ourselves to stay in the universal way of being that is celebrated, which means we bury majority of ourselves. And it's, you know, fear is a very rocky territory to try to navigate, to get over those belief systems and all of those hidden resistances that come through our relationships. And I just want anyone that's listening, that's going, man, I feel deeply inspired, but I don't think I can do it for myself or I don't know how to do it or I've tried it and I failed or think about the cost of what you suspend when you don't say yes to yourself. And the reason that I say suspend is because you don't give it away. You don't miss it because what's for you is for you. So I can't go, oh, well, Marie's not taking that. Well, I'll I'll take it, girl. Like, that's not how this works, right? And it's the same way that if I'm abundant, wealthy, and rich in Los Angeles, California, it does not take away from children in third world countries who don't have, it's not like God said to me, well, either I give it to Allison or I give it and feed these kids, but there's not enough for everyone. Like that's a scarcity, lack, overwhelm, deprivation, thought set, and mentality. So what... I want anyone that's listening to think is, what am I suspending? Meaning, what am I keeping at bay the longer I don't allow myself to be all of myself? And if I don't allow myself to be all of myself, I am missing the primary relationship of abundance and overflow, which is the one with myself. And your money will strategically follow that, by the way. So it's, 
it's very rare that you meet someone who is financially abundant and yet not in good standing and relationship with themselves unless they just inherited that, you know, and, and just got some money handed over to them and they're very young and haven't yet been able to walk through the what human potential experts say, which is our skill, our knowledge, our talent, our education is about 15% of our success. But 85% of our success is what will we give ourselves permission to be? How will we give ourselves permission to become even more? That's 85% of our being. Wow. I think that's so, so powerful. And I would love to go a little bit deeper into money mindset specifically. I think everything that we've talked about plays into our ability to create wealth, hold on to wealth, attract wealth, spread wealth. But if we're talking specifically about money mindset, I find that one of the biggest internal blocks, like we can talk strategy all day, but if you are blocking wealth, if you're blocking financial abundance, you're going to have a bad time. So one of the biggest internal blocks are money people are feeling is that they aren't like worthy or deserving and like having that wealth and abundance and success is is for everyone else and like who are they to be wealthy who are they to be rich and this is especially true for women I think so what do you say to people who are struggling with that is it the, the same exact work around worthiness and thought patterns that we've already been talking about or is it something more specific I think it's more specific I mean when I built my program, Think Your Way Rich, the way that we even came up with that name was we were interviewing clients that I'd worked with and we were talking to a multi seven figure business leader and we asked her what was the distinction of her work with me, like those efforts, what was her distinction? And she said, working with Allison really allowed me to begin thinking as a rich woman. And she said, I'd made a lot of money, but I'd never identified as rich because I had such a negative connotation with it. And it's one of the reasons why in the first module, I walk people through, what are you tolerating when you are not fully embodying your relationship with money? And we ask pivotal questions, which I'll ask the audience right now, Awareness is the prelude to action. So if I can ask you a powerful question, I can invite you to think a powerful thought, which is then going to impact how you behave and what experiences you will live out. So the questions that I would ask you is, what do you do and feel when you're rich? If you were to imagine that and write down 10 behaviors that you don't currently do, that you would do if you were financially rich, not just rich of the soul, rich of the heart. Because as women, we love to be rich in spirit. No, honey, I want you rich in your wallet, in your bank account. So what do you do and feel when you're rich? Write down 10 unique answers. And then the second thing I would ask you is, what fears or resistances show up when you consider that way of being as your consistent reality and state of life, what comes up for you? Because that's going to show you what your relationship with money really is. 
And that's a good awareness right there. And if you can start there, that can be the map that will lead you from where you are to where you desire to be with money. And I do think that there's a distinction between mindset work and money mindset. I do, I do believe that there's significant distinction and I don't believe that it's just rooted in worthiness. I believe it's, do I know my purpose as it is today? Do I understand the contribution that I'm meant to make in the world? Those are two very big, scary questions. But if you can spend time sitting with that, then the money now makes sense because it has an assignment for your life and beyond. That's why people often don't feel worthy of wealth because they go, well, what am I supposed to do with it? Because they think that wealth is all about things versus the contribution and the purpose behind the money, you know, the meaning. Like, oh, I don't need a giant house. I don't need a yacht. Like, why do I need to be rich? But it's not actually about, of course, you can treat yourself, but being rich is about so much more than the materialistic, like, things that you can buy with it. Well, it's it's about more than that. And it's also about that. I mean, for sure, luxury and all of that stuff is can absolutely be part of it. But I think that's where people stop sometimes. And then they're like, well, I don't need that. So I don't need to be rich. Well, I will tell you, I wrote my first book in a 500 square foot apartment, barely making anything, barely having enough money to even, you know, eat my daily meals. I was in a real struggle space. And when I wrote my fifth book, I wrote it in my brand new, at the time, I don't live there anymore, but at the time, a brand new five bedroom, four bath home that I had in a beautiful luxury gated community. You know, my personal assistant made sure everything was done so that the room was soundproofed. We did the audio book with it. The production was high quality. Everything was extraordinary. And the experience that I had from book one to book five in production was distinctly different. And so for anyone that says money doesn't matter, I would beg to say you have yet to connect with the depth of your meaning because from Mother Teresa to Nelson Mandela to every game changer that we've seen in our society today, some funding of some sort was required in order for them to touch, move, inspire, and impact the people that they were assigned to. So to me, your money matters. And to me, your wealth cannot wait. Yeah, I think that is so, so important. And I liked one of your recent posts that was about 10 reasons why you're stuck below $100,000. Or I think you specifically said $99,999. And one of the reasons was waiting on God, which I thought was a really, like a really unique viewpoint that I usually hear like, oh, you don't feel worthy or you're not taking the right actions, but waiting on God is something I don't really hear a lot. So can you go a little deeper on like why waiting on God is a mistake or what that even means? Because I think you have a, a unique perspective. Well, I believe that we are all an extreme expression of God. And when I say that, I mean, we are reflections of God's source energy 
light, universe, power, Allah, Buddha, Christ, how you acknowledge divinity. I'm incredibly inclusive and ecumenical. So I don't require that divinity be named anything specific or even be a gender, like a he or a she. My relationship with God is energetic. So what I, what I believe is because I grew up Christian in faith and I grew up Baptist and then from Baptist went into charismatic faith and Christianity, there was always this God is going to do this for you. So there was always this promise in the way that I grew up. I'm not labeling this across the board. I'm saying this is how I got to this lesson that it became a post, which is God is about to do something. And I thought, man, I remember being 15 years old and we couldn't pay the rent. And when I say we, I mean my family. And I remember telling my mom, We've been asking God to help us with rent since I was, since I was born. Like, <laughs> like how many times are we going to pray this same prayer? And why do we serve a divine, amazing, epic, powerful, all-knowing entity that always makes us beg for shit? Like that doesn't make sense to me. If you're this gracious, if you're this loving, if you're this providing, if you literally wrote Ephesians 3.20, that God will do exceeding abundant above all you could ask, imagine, or think, and I'm not living beyond my imagination, is that the burden of God or is that the burden of me? Am I misaligned or did God lie? I got to ask myself. <laughs> and I'm going to tell you majority of the time, all of the time, I'm misaligned. I am out of the flow. And so when anybody tells me they're waiting on God, I go back to that quote, which is a miracle is a shift in perception. And so I will ask, what have you been thinking? Well, I think things take time. Well, that's why you're waiting because you've made an agreement with that belief. And that belief is now creating your lived experience. And so all of us need to know that our thoughts become things. And so if you have a belief and you've aligned with that belief, you will look for evidence. You will build evidence according to that belief. And I'll give you an example. It was funny. My assistant called me this morning and she said, good morning. I'm sorry to call and interrupt you. And I said, I'm not doing anything. She said, well, I just know you're busy. I said, but I'm not busy. And she said, well, I didn't look at your calendar. I just assumed. I said, so you made up a story and then called me to put me in the momentum of your story, which was untrue for both of us. And she said, I guess I did. I said, do you wanna start over? She said, yes, good morning. I said, good morning. I said, may I say something to you? She said, yes. I said, you are a priority to me. And so when I pick up the phone, it means I have capacity for you as my priority. You know, so I gave her a reframe because so many people borrow stories from the world, then impress that upon you. And we do that very often with God and we make God basic as fuck and it's unfair. <laughs> it really, it really is. We make God a basic human, an angry human, 
a withholding human. Petty. <laughs> like Petty McPetty. Yeah. I love everything about this conversation. And I think we're just going to leave it like on that mic drop. I think that's a great place to like bookmark this conversation and come back to later. Because I know there's so much more that we both have to say about all of these things. How do you feel about that? Oh, you mean we're just going to leave it at, are you serving a basic as fuck God? Then people will be like, oh, that was blasphemy. How did they say that? I well, mean, you you said we wanted to leave them wanting more, right? Like, what better way to do it? <laughs> I love it. Do you want to, do you feel like you need to elaborate? No, and, not at all, all. Not at all. That's perfect. I know that you stand behind everything you say, so. I do. I say it with the highest of intention and with the highest of awakening, because the moment that I began to understand that everything that was promised to me could only enter my life through agreement, I changed how I related to others and interrelated with God, consciousness, divinity. And so that's deeply meaningful. And I think that that's a disruption that obviously anyone that's listening invited. I know that like the delivery is funny, right? And the delivery is sassy, but like the call to rise up and to align your thoughts and go inward and all of the work that we've talked about today is pure and is for like everyone's highest good. So that's why I feel comfortable being like, you know what, mic drop, like that's, well, we can leave it here because that is, is really sums it up. Agreed. A thousand percent. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you so much for your time, Allison. We've loved having you here. Can you just tell people where they can find you, where they can be in your energy, learn more from you, and of course, give you some love back? Yeah. I really encourage people to follow me on Instagram because on Instagram, I talk about the things that are meaningful to me. I talk about my nonprofit, which you mentioned earlier, which is Beyond the Black Square, influencers that are impacting injustice. So I talk about that. I talk about new projects and collaborations that I'm doing. I have a new book that comes out this year. So to stay connected to me, I would definitely say follow me on Instagram at I am Allison Bird. And that's a great place for us to maintain virtual family, community, and friendship. Perfect. Okay. And I can't let you go without asking you like our one signature question. We end every episode like this because this is the Grind and Be Grateful podcast. What is one thing that you are currently grinding for, working hard towards, and what is one thing that you are hugely grateful for? So I have a high level of intention. I don't know that I would use the word grind, but I definitely have some grit around it. I have a high level of grit and intentionality around my physical health. And so I'm working out right now, generally a minimum of six days a week, minimum of an hour a day, sometimes more. And that feels really good. And I'm very excited about that. And then I'm going to treat myself with a couple of plastic surgery options after that, which is amazing. So I'm so ready for that. And I am grateful for the water. I live right at the water. And every morning I wake up and the breeze from the ocean, the smell from the ocean, the energy, I'm immediately absorbed by. And I'm trying to think of the best word, but every morning I wake up and I see infinity because I can't see the end of the water. 
And in California, it's so beautiful that the water looks like the sky. So you can't even see the separation between sky and water. And that's just the beauty and bliss of, of God to me. And so every morning I wake up grateful that there's no limit. There's no limit to me. There's no limit to the humans that we engage with. There's no limit to our power, our possibility, and that we get to live a life of overflow, that that's our birthright and that's our responsibility. And that gives me all the joy and delight and zeal to put my feet on the floor and to live another day of purpose, meaning, and contribution. Another mic drop. Like, I don't even know how my podcast team is going to pick the little, like, sound bites that they're going to sample for us because you just packed this episode full of, like, those golden nuggets and those those pieces of wisdom. So thank you so much for your time. Thank you for sharing your heart and your words and your experience with our listeners. And we'll talk again soon. Thank you for trusting me. It means so much. Thank you so much for tuning in and spending some time with me today. I hope you loved this episode. And if you did, please take a moment to share it with someone or pop the screenshot up on your Instagram story and tag me. I especially love when you guys share a little on why you enjoyed the episode so that I can keep making more content that you want to hear. Last but not least, don't forget to hit subscribe and I will see you again next week. Until then, grind and be grateful, my friend.